0: Video drum killed the radio star Video drum killed the radio star Guys in black came and broke her heart Well uh uh oh uh, oh uh. it's Video Drum Day
1: <laughs> Yay Hello, my name is Aaron. Welcome to another episode of How to Love the Dark, a podcast where I walk my My wife and one of my good friends down the long shadowy (laughs) path to horror cinema obsession as I try to take them from novices of the macabre to bloodbath experts one film at a time. This week we watched David Cronenberg's Videodrome from 1983, but before we get into that, let me introduce my co-hosts. First up. Sitting to my left is my wonderful wife Anna. Anna, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. I'm upping my finger guns game.
1: Yeah, it's it's going. your Shooter McGavin next to me. That was a Billy Madison reference. <laughs> um, and also, uh, with us for uh, through the magic of the internet from across the city of Seattle is our friend Torin. Torin, how are you?
0: Good. Two, you know, two good movies in a row. Aaron you spoil us. I'm I'm feeling punchy, you know, watching good movies got
1: me got me feeling feeling good about this stuff again. I don't know if that's going to be the unanimous feeling, we'll check in <laughs> after the uh Oh. After uh we do we talk about a few things, but before we get into it, let's do our content warnings. This movie has sex, violence, torture, gore, body horror, nudity and a little bit of casual racism. Yep.
0: That good good 80s racism.
1: <laughs> yeah, the good good eighties just they they just said Oriental in a way you didn't want them to racism. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, blue ramen uh casual racism. Yeah,
1: it's it's uh it's got all that. Yeah. Uh as always, we can't be trusted to catch a hundred percent of the possible triggers in a piece of media, so do your own research. We suggest yeah. does the dog dot com. They usually can help you out and find any additional uh, triggers you might have for content sensitivities. Do your dang homework. Yeah. Do your dang homework. Do your dang homework, silly. (laughs) Uh, The cast of this movie, we have James Woods uh, as Max Wren, the president of a small uh, risque television network in Toronto. We have Debbie Harry of Blondie fame, as Nikki Brand, a, a talk radio host. Okay, I
0: thought that person was loud. I was like, damn, that person looks familiar and sounds familiar.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We have Sonia Smith playing Bianca Oblivion, uh the other kind of female lead in the movie. We have Peter Dvorsky as Harlan, the uh like pirate who helps find programming for Max and his clandestine little television signal base, uh, Leslie Leslie Carlson as Barry Convex, who we'll learn more about as we go through the plot, Jack Creeley as Brian Oblivion, the so-called TV prophet, and Bianca Oblivion's father, we have Lynn Gorman as Masha, a agent who finds programming for Max, and we have Julie Kaner as Bridie, who is her uh, his assistant, uh, his girl Friday, as she says it at the beginning of the movie so we will uh take a quick walkthrough of the plot i this one's a weird one to walk through the plot because it's it's pretty surreal feel free to stop and make comments as we go yeah oh you know it (laughs) uh we open up on a television uh and it plays a video wake-up call for our our, uh, main character max ren uh, Max is meeting uh, a Japanese pornographer at a seedy motel at 6.30 in the morning uh, to check out his program Samurai Dreams. He he then shows the pornography to his partners at their TV network and they remark it's a bit too soft. We don't see much of the pornography except we see a woman in feudal Japan uh, taking the clothes and masks off of a little geisha doll to reveal that it is a dildo
0: that part was kind of funny I, yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah which I was like oh okay
0: that's I wonder also when the when the guy's like when max asks to watch the, like the last episode and he's like
1: there buildups in the first two
0: I thought that was also funny
1: yeah <laughs> so Max then meets with Harlan uh, his video pirate friend and Harlan shows him a clip of what looks just like torture. Uh, that's happening Max is kind of enthralled with it but he can only get 50 seconds or something before the uh transmission is scrambled again uh Max asks Harlan if he can you know work his magic to get more of it uh Harlan says he's in he's he's into it he'll do it see patron Max then says like hey can you can you take down all the signage it, this is supposed to be like a secret thing and Harlan responds by taking down a sign and eating a piece of it mm-hmm Harlan also likes to call Max Patron.
2: I I think Harlan loves Max.
1: Mm. Okay. And he's like conflicted about it. Uh, you you ship Harlan and Max?
2: I mean, I don't. I don't ship them. Mm. But I do think he loves Max.
1: Okay. Uh, we then cut to Max, who is on a talk, uh, like a, a primetime talk show type thing. Looks very Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Mm-hmm uh and he's talking about you know violence in video and tv uh he is sitting alongside nikki brand a radio personality and on a television but also on the panel is the self-proclaimed media prophet brian oblivion um the host asks uh max if he thinks that this violent tv is like you know Bad if the stuff he shows on his network, which is, you know, sex and violence, is bad. And Max says no, he thinks it gives people a healthy outlet for, you know, their fantasies and darkest selves, and that he's doing a socially good act. Um, Nikki Brand chimes in to say that she thinks everyone lives in an age of overstimulation, and she herself is even guilty of that. Brian Oblivion kind of goes on a tangent about. Everyone will have names more suited for, you know, the cathode ray future, um, kind of some pseudo religious gobbledygook.
0: Which I I
1: liked that quote a lot. Yeah, I I like Brian Oblivion mm-hmm. quite a bit. All of his weird uh, rambles are fun. Um, Max asks Nikki out on live television which clearly yeah. m- makes the host upset.
2: The host of the show is impressively bad at her job.
1: Yeah. She has lost all control. of the- She
2: never started with any control.
1: Um, we cut to uh, Max then seeing more of the torture video uh, with Harlan. And he is talking about how brilliant it is because it has low production costs and doesn't bother with any of the like characters or plot. It's just the raw sex and violence. Um, and he ponders, it, you know, how it, how they get it to look so real. Max picks Nikki up from her radio show and they go back to his place and she's going through his tapes and we find out that Nikki is very sexually forward. She immediately asks if he has any porno. Max, for all of his, like, bravado we have seen so far, suddenly becomes... It, it's, it's interesting. He's not the, like, alpha personality in this scene anymore because Nikki, like immediately like goes hard on the BDSM stuff and and uh like asks him to get out his Swiss army knife and cut her like neck a little bit. She's uh, already cut. Got... She's already been cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then they have sex while piercing her ears. It's a very weird thing. And to she's do definitely going to get an infection.
0: Yeah. Very weird thing to do during sex.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? I, we don't kink shame. I guess they're into it was consensual and
2: I am going to pierce shame, though, because Max cleans the needle with his mouth.
1: Yeah, and then he pierces the other ear. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. Definitely it's, getting an infection. Is It's the 80s.
0: The mouth is filthy nothing to think of living there.
1: <laughs> then uh, Max has his first hallucination as they're uh, engaging in sexual congress. He hallucinates that they are on the Videodrome set. Uh, I, I don't think we've clarified. He, he, said, we, he names this... Um, program we've been seeing, video drome. He shows it to, to Nikki. Uh, and she is into it, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max then meets with an agent trying to sell him, uh, some kind of Greco-Roman-themed pornography, uh, her- named Masha. Uh, and he kind of dismisses it and says it's too pure, like her. And he asks Masha if she can find Videodrome for him, and that she'll get the commission if he does. Or if she does. Uh, then we see Nikki meeting up with Max again, and she tells Max she's going on an assignment to Pittsburgh, and she says she's going to try out for Videodrome. This freaks Max out a bit, and he tries to like be like no, and she clearly isn't ignoring, is not into it, ignores him, and then we get a little bit more light BDSM with her like putting out a cigarette on her breast, mm-hmm. and then pulling her other string down and handing it to Max, and then it cuts away. Max meets up with Masha, and she gives him the name Brian Oblivion as one of the people responsible for Videodrome. So Max goes to Brian Oblivion's cathode ray mission, and we see a a lot of, like, presumably homeless folks milling about and just sitting in front of televisions. Mm -hmm. Um, He goes up to the uh, office above that. Uh, He runs into Bianca Oblivion, Brian's daughter. He kind of works, you know... says the right things to try to get a meeting with Brian. Um, but she she tells him that Brian only meets via video. He only monologues via video. He doesn't meet in person. And Max simply name drops Videodrome and says, your dad probably want to talk to me and leaves. Like a badass. Yeah. He gets the video. It's the first time we see the videos breathe, which is a motif throughout this movie that I really like. And he has kind of more hallucinations. Uh, he watches Bryant on the television and Bryant talks about Videodrome causing visions and a brain tumor uh, and then he gets choked out by one of the men from Videodrome um, it's it's very strange It's there's not much to make of it yet. Uh, Max goes back to Bianca and she talks about the hallucinations and her dad having the hallucinations as well and Max realizes he's been hallucinating since he saw Videodrome and that's kind of what she says like Oh, you know the the. It doesn't matter what you see; it just has to open you up so that you receive the underlying signal, which gives you a tumor, and the uh, uh, the hallucinations are a symptom of the tumor. Uh, and it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Yeah, good, 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 Paul. Uh, we find out that Brian is just a library of tapes, and he actually died eleven months ago from the tumor. Um, and Bianca's just kind of been keeping his mission alive via this library of tapes she gives him a bunch of them max watches it and gets more details about the tumor which brian oblivion says he thinks is a new organ uh for humans to exist as these like half machine half flesh uh beings of the future uh but that his partners didn't agree with him and they gave that's why they gave him the tumor to get rid of him basically uh max is playing with a gun during this time and itching his stomach and then he hallucinates that his stomach has a vagina like opening on it and he like sticks the gun in there and then pulls his hand out and doesn't have the gun anymore he then gets a call to go and meet with a barry convex about videodrome he gets in a car and barry convex comes in on a television signal in the the car that he's in and says like Yeah, we make Videodrome, and you picked up on signals, but they were meant to just be a test. Uh, They weren't meant to be picked up by anyone. He tells Max that he wants to help him because other people who have received the signal have not survived, other test subjects. So he puts this prototype helmet thing that looks really cool and really 80s on Max's head to record his hallucinations. Max hallucinates being on Videodrome. In it, he's like... Nikki's calling to him and she's on the television and he's whipping the television and the television is like panting and breathing. But then from the other side, we can see that it's actually Masha on the television and then he wakes up and Yes, yeah, such a good special effect. The breathing television. Yeah. I love it. It's like heaving and shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, the way they make the tapes like more and more alive and the TV more and more alive throughout the thing. I really love. Uh, he wakes up in bed next to, uh, Somebody and he realizes it's Masha and that she's dead. He panics. He calls Harlan to come over and he asks him to take photos of what's in his bed. But there's nobody in his bed when Harlan goes in there, and he starts panicking. Max asks to see the video drum transmissions from last night, and Harlan is like, "Okay, like, I, I, yeah." You know, he they get kind of mad. They have a little bit of a tiff, but eventually Harlan agrees to meet him in an hour. But when he goes in, Harlan reveals that there were never transmissions. Uh, and that they were video cassettes, and he brings in Barry Convex, and they reveal their plan that North America is growing soft, so they want Channel 83 uh, to broadcast the signal of Videodrome uh, and give tumors to all of the degenerates that would tune into this channel and help purify uh, North America. Max is uh, a little freaked out, but they insert a videotape, uh, another heaving, living videotape, into Max's stomach vagina to program him as an assassin. He kind of gets all weird in the head for a little bit. So Max starts to hear Barry's voice, which tells him they want Channel 83, and he needs to murder his partner. He pulls the gun out of his stomach vagina, and it, like, fuses to his hand with these weird little, like, wires and stuff. Um, And he goes... Uh, to murder his partners. And he does. He murders both of them. And he's kind of like a robot at this point. He's not very... He has like no emotions. He goes to Bianca uh, then to kill her. They say that he needs to kill her because she knows too much. Um, but she manages to get the best of him with a weird television gun of her own. It's very unclear how much of this is hallucinated and, and what
0: isn't. Yeah, we cross the threshold around the spectacular... So Spectacular Visions, is that
1: the name of the company? Yeah, yeah. The Spectacular yeah. Visions is the the company that is doing video uh, video yeah. drone that Barry Convex works for. Yeah, we really
0: start to get hallucinating or can't can't tell reality from fiction once they enter the play.
1: Yeah. Uh Bianca, after after he gets shot, he looks at the television and it's like his chest bleeding on the television, and she basically tells him that she's reprogrammed him. And now he'll be a weapon uh, against uh, Videodrome. He'll use what they gave him to take them down. She tells him that he is the video word made flesh. And she she says, uh, "Death, you know, death to Videodrome, long live the new flesh. And he kind of chants that. And he's like a little bit teary-eyed at this point, like he's fanatical. Uh, Max first finds Harlan and tricks him. And Harlan pulls out a tape. At this point, the tape is not only breathing, but it's like bl- it's flesh and blood. Like it's a videotape made of flesh and blood. And he sticks it into Max's weird stomach orifice. Uh, but Max clamps down and doesn't let him pull his hand out at first. And when he does, he pulls it out. And it's just this like clump on a stick that is some kind of bomb that blows up and kills him. Oh,
0: it's. I thought it was supposed to be a like a German potato masher grenade oh
1: yeah that makes sense I didn't even think about that
0: yeah because I looked at it and I looked at it at first I was like this pretty sure' it was obvious I think it's a frag grenade and when he exploded I was like oh yeah it's yeah. a German potato masher
1: They're, what a silly name for a sinister device you, you make up some weird stuff in war <laughs> well his potatoes are mashed yeah he, he is dead uh and in fact Max steps through the the hole in the wall that he blows up when he dies which I thought yeah. was very funny uh, he goes to Barry Convex, who's at a trade show, um, standing in front. Of, it has, like, gospel singing at the front, and he's talking about uh, their new product line while in front of two stained glass sets of spectacles. So it has this kind of, like, religious revival show uh, to it. Um, he first, like, kind of hides there, but then he steps up and shoots Barry Convex, uh, and very convex, his bone body immediately explodes into tumors, uh, and he's clearly like still alive as this is ravaging him because his microphone that he had on him is still on. So as Max walks away, this guy's like gross screams are like coming over the microphone in the whole building. Yeah. It's a nice little horrific touch. Yeah. Uh, he finds like a derelict shack at the harbor. And there's a television there and he at first sees Nikki on it. She tells him that death is not the end and that to become the new flesh, he has to kill the old flesh and that he shouldn't be scared of letting his body die. Uh, And then it cuts to himself on the television saying, long live the new flesh and shooting himself in the head, at which point the television explodes and a bunch of like innards come out of it. And then uh, he repeats exactly what we just saw on himself and it cuts to the credits the end. All right. Let's start with Anna. Anna, what are your general feelings on this movie?
2: I don't even know. It, I just, it wasn't for me. That's okay. I, eh, it wasn't for me. Body horror usually gets me, but none of this, I don't know, none of this really poked that trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think statement on violence in media and brainwashing of media is um, a little tired now. Mm -hmm. And while there are still things to be said, this movie doesn't touch on them. So it's a bit dated for me. But it's from the 80s, so that's fine. I don't know. It was a thing I watched.
1: Damn. Um, (laughs) Okay.
0: Torin, how about you? That was the the coldest neutral uh, opinion of a movie. Um, I liked it. Yeah, um, it was. You know, had enough of the '80s practical effect trappings. Had a pretty good like thriller plot line with kind of the how deep does the video drum thing go. Um, I appreciate a good horror movie with like something to say. Um, this one was skirting being a horror movie i i was hesitant to call it that until maybe like you know half an hour or so in like when when we started getting more of the hallucination based stuff um at first i was skeptical if this is if we're gonna have another Aaron, this isn't a horror movie situation um but yeah overall overall i i liked it i this is the kind of movie that like i think would be super fun to take a class or like do a study group with like a watch group and like watch this movie and like talk about it like more so than when we do via the podcast, um, yeah, yeah, I liked it. Uh,
1: yeah, I I really like this movie. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of it. It doesn't like have a firm like this is definitely what happened. This is you know the story isn't as closed and clear by the end as some movies. So I think that is a, a you know if you the listener really like closure in your stories, and to understand everything about them when you finish watching them, uh, that this will not be a movie for you. Or if you're tired of movies having
0: to explain everything and leave everything on the table and leave nothing to the imagination, then this movie is for
1: you. Yeah, and I, I like that about it. Um I'm a big fan of David Cronenberg, and he was a noticeable kind of hole in our uh list so far. Oh, really? He, he's definitely... If you had to ask horror fans, you know, to list the masters of horror, he would be one of the first five or so names that somebody would list, you know, alongside. I guess
0: *The Fly* is pretty scary. Yeah, al-
1: alongside like Craven and Carpenter, *The Fly* is pretty scary. He has a lot of other movies, uh, *The The Brood*, *Scanners*. Um, he 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 has a lot of body horror stuff. Um, he's also made some very good non-horror movies. If you've ever seen *A History of Violence*, uh, that is. Also him, um, that's kind of more of a crime thriller. Uh, I don't know if I would consider Existence a horror movie or not, but it's pretty good. Anyway, I really like him, um, but I think he's, you know, not going to not gonna be for everyone. Um, we watched a couple interviews with him about where this idea for this movie came from, and he brought up that when he was a kid, you know, television didn't run all night. Mm. It would, like, stop you know, at at midnight. And then, so he thought of the idea of like, what if a television network was kind of the, like after that point broadcasting and it broadcasted really like gnarly stuff. And there was a TV station ran by two gentlemen who I think are named Moses and Rafe, much like Max's partners are um, in Toronto or in the Toronto area that did this and kind of ran like pornography and anything it could get away with. Oh, wow as like a, a pirate semi-pirate channel in the area so this was also kind of derived from that school
0: um the the talking about um uh grunenberg's inspiration i think that's really cool that kind of predicted adult swim and stuff like that in a way
1: hmm. you
0: know to a much less like severe degree but or to a much more severe degree via the movie but you know, stuff like Adult Swim, the Late Night Central stuff, um, even the you know, um you can even look at twenty four hour news cycles and stuff like that. Like, yeah, this this is cool, that this kind of predated that.
1: Yeah, I I uh I, I think this movie has some kind of prescient qualities. Um, you know, Anna mentioned the statement on media and brainwashing, um, and like what the effects mm. of media are on you. Remember this is 83. So this is kind of still the tail end of like satanic panic era. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a real, like, you know, we're headed, we're still in in Reagan's era. So it's very much like the Christian crusade against pornography and, and all of that stuff. And I think this movie is saying something about that. Um, and I think that the Videodrome folks are kind of a um, parody of that you know they're about purifying and like oh we're gonna you know get rid of yeah, the
0: dirty degenerates the hippies yeah
1: exactly um,
0: um also thought it was talking about the prescience uh going back to that uh brian Ob- oblivion during the interviews is like oh yeah you know people are gonna have a he talks about having a name that's gonna be more important than you know the the name you take your screen name you more mm-hmm. important than your own name it's like oh wow like, he kind of like <laughs> called out like handles and hashtags, like you know, like usernames essentially. I was like, I, I don't know when he said that, I was like, oh, damn, that's that reminds me immediately of like like handles, yeah, Twitter like handles and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's like an, I don't think this is a, you know, like intended prescience on the movie's part because David Cronenberg himself was like, I'm not, I didn't really, I wasn't really trying to predict the future that is like happenstance kind of with the movie. But the really interesting thing, I think, uh, as far as, like, what it unintentionally forecasts, is Max is the story of a person who's kind of, like, a strong, almost, like, edgelord personality. Mm -hmm. And he is then caught up in between these extremes of, like, the extreme fringes that are bombarding him with literal, like media you know, with media like in the most literal sense with this you know and then the allegory of the the wave that's giving him a brain tumor in the videodrome but these two sides are kind of playing him and he's literally committing like an act of terrorism for each group um uh, and i think that's like very interesting when you think about like reddit and like modern like red pill you know like propaganda stuff like that yeah 4chan all that stuff that there is this kind of radicalization of like dudes edge lordy dudes like like max um and again i don't think that's intentionally in the movie because there's no way you would have predicted that in in 1983 so much but uh it's i think it's super interesting and i think it's uh it's pretty cool to to like think about this movie from today's perspective in a way Mm -hmm. i also just have a soft spot for the aesthetic of sci-fi movies that you that are made with old looking technology like whether it's because it was made in the 80s or it's made now to look that way like i love how the computers on alien are still like black screens with bright green digital text on it and i love the same thing here where it's like there's this sophisticated tumor causing ray and it's all like slowly manually rotated satellite dishes and you know tv and all this kind of i don't know at this point antique almost looking uh computers and and technology i love i love that contrast yeah that's just an aesthetic that works for me i don't know if you, anyone else feels the same, but I wanted to point out that this movie has that going for it.
0: I love a good conspiracy. I, I also really anything that deals with the conspiracy. I am not a conspiracy theorist, but I love stuff involving conspiracies. And just like that, I, I grew up watching mm. the history channel, especially during the day on the weekends when it was like, you know, conspiracy conspiracy theory hour. Um, <laughs> so stuff like this, um, you know, I, I think of like invasion of the body snatchers. I think of is the stuff. Is that the name of the film where it's like the the goo that like the weird like controls people? Like I love that kind of stuff. So anything that's like a big plot to do something horrible, I'm always into.
1: We gotta watch this stuff. I forgot about that movie. I love that movie.
0: Yeah, I stumbled upon it. It was on Netflix a long time ago when Netflix was burgeoning, and we didn't realize that streaming was gonna be such a nightmare. Um, Watch that movie back then. It was. It's about Oreos. Nope. it's not about oreos <laughs> it's 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 about
1: <laughs> evil cool whip
2: it's definitely about oreos uh
1: it's evil cool whip yeah evil 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 goo oh man uh but i love that movie that's a that's a great movie i could i could um, fuck up some cool Whip right now though let's be real <laughs> cool on a total side tangent here cool whip used to make tubs of cheesecake filling
0: Fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, this Cool Whip cheesecake filling in a. It it ready made. Wasn't
2: that just Philadelphia? No. I don't think it was Cool Whip. No, it was Cool
1: Whip made it, yeah. I know, because it's one of the few things I've been like obsessively searching for them to come bring it back, and it doesn't. But no, they make Cool Whip made it first with cheesecake filling in a tub. Oh. And I would often, after I got off work at Pizza Hut back, like at this point, you would eat I it will.
2: with a spoon. I
1: would just buy a buy a tub of it and a spoon and just eat it. it
0: was so- I mean the <laughs> fact yeah. the fact that they marketed cool whip as an alternative to ice cream. It's <laughs> so like, yeah, freeze it and just eat the tub of cool whip. Just eat the eat the tub of the yeah.
1: Well, I never ate frozen Cool Whip. Oh yeah,
0: no, that's what my I used to be had it at home because my mom would buy it and freeze it and you could eat the frozen cool whip and it was like super airy like ice cream style dessert still horrible for you, but they marketed it as better for you. You yeah, got you got
1: you got to order some Cool Whip.
2: There's a lot of like no churn ice cream at home recipes that involve Cool Whip and sweetened condensed milk, and I've never attempted it because that just sounds too sweet even for a sugar addict like me. Yeah.
1: All right. Anyway, off of the subject of Cool Whip, uh, we'll do the stuff at some point. I'll I'll figure out a time to get it in. Um, Yeah, I I, I just love the religious allegories. Like, I love the way the movie ends. I think the effect of Barry Convex exploding into tumors is gruesome and awesome um i really loved the the look of it and the look of the puppet of him that has its like face split open and like this mass coming out of it
0: yeah i didn't realize it was supposed to be tumor stuff that he's like a alien monster man
1: oh that's i mean it could be i took it as tumors just because at that point like max had been shot with the t- weird tv gun and they talked about the ray giving you a tumor, so I thought it was... And she said, use what they gave you against them, so I thought he was, like, basically shooting condensed drone signal.
0: No, you're... There's him. no... There's no reasoning why they would be, like, monster people, so I think your... your reasoning makes the most sense here.
2: Could be both. Could be both. It's a tumor monster person.
1: <laughs> um, alright, does, do does anyone have anything else they want to touch on before we do some science? Um... Hmm...
0: <laughs> to think. no no i've I've said my piece this movie is it's a weird one um it's definitely one that you should watch multiple times if you're gonna if you're gonna watch it
1: hear that anna multiple times i'm not gonna do that (laughs) (laughs) all right uh the first bit of science we do is our patented scarometer this is a uh device that measures the journey of Torin and anna uh into horror fandom in a convenient and digestible percentage. Should the percentage get down to 0%, that means they want off the show and to stop uh, being shown the sites that I'm showing them. Uh, if they should get to 100%, it means they come to this side of the desk and take over, and we have to find them a new horror Padawan to uh, to educate. Uh, when last we checked, Anna, you were at 33%. Mm-hmm. Where are you at after Videodrome?
2: 25.
1: Damn. 25. Cost you 8 percentage points. Dang. Okay. That's fair. It's okay. Yours
0: cold is ice. No need to sacrifice your score. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Torrin, mm-hmm. you were at 30%. Where are you going uh, after you know, seeing this
0: movie? I, I like a good... Number palindrome, vote me up three. I'm taking Anna's old number. stop that 33 in the back of my jersey, coach. All right,
1: 33%. <laughs> um, the other bit of uh, movie science we do is we rank all the movies we see in an ongoing list. Oh. Hey, Anna. Hey, Anna.
2: Yeah, you guys are just going to outvote me on this one.
0: <laughs> is this movie better than Mozilla Hell? Uh-huh. Oh. Well, I know where we start the count.
1: I think that's bananas. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you uh, want to see our current rankings, they are uh, available on Letterboxd. We'll give you the link when we do all our socials at the end. But if you search for How to Love the Dark on Letterboxd, they'll come up. Um, all right. Uh, so you want to start there? You want to start at Motel Hell? Um, Is this movie better or worse than Motel Hell?
0: Yeah, I think... Ooh. Man,
1: I think this movie has more to say than Motel Hell. That's why I would I like both of them, but I would I would move it up because I think it has more to say. Yeah,
0: and well. no, I put myself I've I have put myself in a predicament of my own uh, devising. <laughs> Let's see, do I like this movie better than Motel Hell? <laughs>
1: You're in a prison of emotions, Dropped in a glass case of emotions.
0: Milk <laughs> was a bad choice. <laughs> um. You know fuck This is, mm. <laughs> Uh you know I this movie is not better than Motel Hell cuz Motel Hell has a scary pigman scene. Okay? Actually, All right, I
1: will be outvoted here.
0: No, no, it's oh, what? Oh. I like a good conspiracy theory movie. This movie is better than Motel Hell.
1: Okay. All right. Next up is Deep Red, a movie neither of you liked. So is this movie better than Deep Red? Y- no. No? Okay. Uh,
0: yes, I would watch this over Deep Red. Uh,
1: see, now now I'm... See, I was,
0: I, I was hung up on my own feelings about to hell. That's why the first one was so hard.
1: Yeah. And now I'm torn. No, I'm torn. <laughs> uh, because I like both of these. I like Deep Red a lot. And I like this movie a lot.
0: Hmm... Yeah, do you like Blondie or Goblin more? Uh,
1: well, there's no Blondie on the soundtrack here. We do get. We, there's no doubt that Deep Red has the better score, the better soundtrack than this movie. But
0: man, can you imagine if Blondie did a song for this movie? That'd be so sick.
1: I'd probably like it more. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say that I think this is better than Deep Red, but just narrowly so, just narrowly better than Deep Red. So I will put it above Deep Red. It next runs up against The Bride of Frankenstein, which I'm going to guess Anna is gonna say it's not as good as The Bride of Frankenstein. Correct. And Torin is gonna say that it is better than The Bride of Frankenstein. Correct. So I am the tiebreaker again. uh, Bride's so much more important, but this movie has a lot going for it too. I'm gonna say better than Bride. I'm gonna say better than Bride. We come up against Psycho Gorman. Hmm. Not as good as Psycho Gorman? You didn't really love Psycho Gorman either. It's
2: not as good as Psycho Gorman.
1: <laughs> Torin?
0: Um, it was better than Psycho Gorman.
1: Uh, I also think it's better than Psycho Gorman. Uh, Son of Frankenstein, arguably the best of the series. Can I save you a couple steps? Uh, well, here's what I'm gonna say. Okay. Is if if it's again if it's again you and Anna, if Anna thinks it's worse than Son of Frankenstein and you think it's better than Son of Frankenstein, this is where I will stop its momentum because I think Son of Frankenstein is better than Video Drama. Wow. So I think this is probably where it lives, unless somebody. Because
0: can... I was gonna rank it 19. I was gonna say it's not better than Hellraiser Three.
1: Wow, Hellraiser Three is so high on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it Fuck yeah it is <laughs> I, I love how different this group list is from what my own list would be uh but yeah I, I can't I, I think the best Frankenstein movie is better than it so I would I would put it here uh, underneath son of Frankenstein at the new number 21 on the list uh videodrome by David Cronenberg. uh it's still. In the top half uh, of the list. So still a respectable showing. But ultimately, how high can it really go if one of us really doesn't like it? Which Anna really did not care for this movie very much.
2: Yeah, it was fine.
1: (laughs) It was fine. It cost you eight points. You're just being polite because you don't want horror fans to be jerks to you. No, it was fine.
2: It's...
0: it's it's in the middle. It's our. It's our. Not the. It's our twenty first movie. And we have forty two on here.
1: Yep. All right. Next week, uh, another uh, suspicious absence from our list is John Carpenter. Uh, John Carpenter yes, obviously yes yes ha- yes, 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 yes <laughs> he has a lot of movies. Oh, it's not the thing. No, we're not doing the thing because the thing has two other movies that need to go with it. We're watching okay. singles right now. Uh. So. <laughs> John, yeah. We're watching uh, John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness from 1994, starring Sam Neill. I think, Torrin, that you will still like this movie. I like it quite a bit. Uh, it's kind of... Well, I'm not going to like it on principle. Okay. It's kind of a Lovecraftian-tinged John Carpenter movie. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. The I mean, Mouth yeah. Tins of Madness. <laughs> the Mouth Tins of Madness. Wow. Uh, John Carpenter is is obviously one of the masters of horror and the fact that we haven't had him, we've had, we've done 42 movies before putting him on the list is shameful, so we will fix that, um, but I didn't want to do The Thing or Halloween, which are obviously his biggest movies, horror movies, because they have whole franchises attached yeah. to them uh, and I didn't want to do The Fog because Anna and I have watched The Fog kind of recently, so I thought this would be a fun one to do uh, and we also don't have a ton of stuff from the 90s, uh, so I thought this would be good. Uh, And it'll
2: complete the holy trinity of horror directors that start with C.
1: Carpenter, Cronenberg Craven? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Content warnings, animal abuse, body horror, spousal abuse, gore, mental illness issues. There's some insane asylum stuff in this movie. And suicide. Uh, But I am looking forward to this movie uh, and seeing what you both think. Social media plugs. If you want to tell us what movies we should cover, you can do so uh, by tagging us at How the Number Two Love the Dark on Twitter. Uh, in that Twitter uh, bio, there is a link tree that has links to our the Discord we use as well as uh, our letterboxed link for that ranked list we're making uh, that I'm trying to keep up to date. I can personally be found on Twitter at NPC Aaron. Uh, on Twitch streaming at NPC underscore Aaron, and on Letterboxd as Guns, Gods, Ghosts. How about you, Anna?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Cellophobia, with an S. And you can encourage me to remember to use Letterboxd.
1: (laughs) You You did a really hilarious review of this movie. Did I? Well, you will have by the time I just committed you to oh, okay. by the time this episode comes
2: out. I don't think I have anything hilarious to say about this movie. <laughs> uh-huh. It didn't inspire that. Hi, this is future Anna here. Due to the recent drama on Twitter, Aaron and I have chosen to try out the phone app Hive. So you can find Aaron over there as NPC Aaron no underscore or anything and i am there as on a rampage also no underscore back to a regular episode
1: uh Torin, where can people find you on the internet
0: they find me on instagram at bracy tk that's b-r-a-c-e-y-t-k it's pictures of like food and minis and me it's pretty cool you should check it out those are good things
2: those are good things
1: We want to give a special thanks to Dion Dusk for our excellent theme music and to our friend Susie, who you can find on Instagram at suzi underscore draws. She did our logo, and uh, it's really great. And you should uh, purchase her art. Uh, Pay her to draw. Uh, Yeah. We appreciate any reviews uh, that we get. They help us beat the algorithm. But the most important thing you can do for us is to tell a friend. Just let a let a friend who you think might like the show. Let them know yeah. about the show. Get them to download it. Steal their phone, and then download this podcast on directly
2: their phone. into their ears.
1: Yeah. Kid,
0: steal them. Yes. Kidnap people for how to love the dark. This is Torn Bracey giving you my tested approval to kidnap people and force them to listen. and make them listen to this podcast.
1: Okay. Yes, Anna will definitely have to add some sort of legal disclaimer in post right here.
2: Hey, this is future legal Anna. Uh, don't do that.
0: <laughs> this is Tor and Bracy here. I, I don't condone my message ten <laughs> seconds earlier. It was a bit. Don't kidnap people. Uh, let people live their lives. Don't kidnap them. It's bad. But do recommend the podcasts.
1: Excellent. And with that, we hope you listen to the next episode of How to Love the Dark,
0: And we hope you don't kidnap people. <laughs> Gould night. <laughs> <laughs>